Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on Bearcat Rewind, the 81st edition of our podcast. And freshmen moved in over the weekend, campus is buzzing, classes are starting back up, so exciting times here at Northwest Missouri State University. And so often here on this podcast, we talk to former Bearcats, whether that's coaches, student athletes, but typically people that left a lasting impression here at Northwest one way or another. Today's episode is with an incoming freshman, a young woman that will be a key member of the Bearcat basketball team and have her presence felt on the court, but she's already making an impact halfway around the world. Northwest Laney Joseph is joining us today. She's a 5-foot, 9-inch guard out of Cameron, Missouri that absolutely tore it up in high school. Two-time All-State. She averaged 20 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals per game as a senior. That is a full stat line. And in the summer between her high school graduation and freshman year of college, she took a mission trip to Kenya where her group served the people of Nairobi any way that they could. So just an awesome experience for her and really a life-changing one too. This was great, hearing about the trip, what she saw daily, everything that she went through when she was in Kenya, but also just the chance to get to know one of the newest Bearcats here on campus. I think you'll enjoy this interview here today. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at ClorindaHealth.com. Laney Joseph, a freshman from Cameron, Missouri, is our guest today discussing her mission trip to Africa. Then we bring her back closer to home and talk about this Northwest women's basketball program that is ready to take off. Let's dive into this week's episode of Bearcat Rewind. Northwest Missouri State freshman Laney Joseph joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Laney, it's hard to believe we're at this point in August, classes starting back up, and we're kind of at this point where we're trying to get back into the groove of everything. But uh, can you believe we're just over two months from your first collegiate basketball game? All the hard work you put in, it's about to come to a head here as we suit up and get things rolling. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm really excited and I'm blessed to be able to be a part of the program at Maryville this year. Well, we're excited to have you up here. Of course, you put up um, some incredible numbers, did some great things there at Cameron, and and looking forward to seeing how your Bearcat career uh, comes up here over the next four years. But overall, we we kind of dial it back to what you've had going on this summer. It's been a busy summer for you, and and really what sounds like kind of a life-changing mission trip that you had a little bit earlier this year um, as you get ready for that first year in college traveling to Kenya to help children and families. Can you give us some background on, on how all that came up and, and how you got involved? Yes, my uh, mom uh, knew Renee Roby, who is the lady that I went with that has her nonprofit organization called the Spark Up Opportunity that uh, partners with another organization, um, the Coffee Ministry there in Kenya. So she had uh, my mom uh, cut her hair like a, probably 10 years ago, and they were just friends from that. And then Obviously, they saw each other around town and things like that, but uh, she went to Uganda three, two or three years ago, and I was, was going to go with her then, but basketball obviously conflicted because I had AU. And so then two years rolls around, and she's in Kenya, and obviously I have no AU because I'm going from high school to college. So my mom contacted her, and she, they prayed about it, and she said, yeah, let's do it. So I uh, got my tickets and headed there. So I'm from small town northwest Missouri myself as well. 
I couldn't imagine the culture shock of, you know, not only leaving the United States, but, but going to a third world country and experiencing all of that. Were there some reservations on your part and your parents of kind of like, is this the right move? Should we wait a little bit longer? And what was that like? Um, I think I was super nervous, like leading up all the way. But once my mom dropped me off at the airport, I think uh, God just overwhelming with peace and like certainty that I'm this is what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to go. And my mom said that she wasn't she knew that I was going to be taken care of while I was over there and things, and that she she wasn't really worried at all either. Like she obviously was worried a little bit, but not to where she was making herself sick over it. So yeah, she she had a lot of peace about it too. And in 25 hours of travel, did I read that right? Yep, 25 hours. Whenever you get to Kenya, and before you can actually like hit the ground running and do too much, I mean, I'd have to imagine that jet lag would just be astronomical at that point of hard to get yourself on your feet and find the energy to get out and do too much at that point. Yeah, I think that um, I arrived at night, so I went straight to bed, and I, uh, and I woke up at like 5 a.m., and we went and we went and did stuff, so I think that arriving at night and be able to go right to bed was uh, a big thing for me to get over the jet lag because I didn't really experience jet lag a couple days later. Like I needed a nap in in the during the day, but I didn't really experience too bad of a jet lag. Like people say they do when I was there. I think I experienced it more while after I came back, like to the States. Well, tell us about the day to day of, of what you're doing there in Kenya, who you're working with and, and the ultimate goal of being there. Yeah, I so I we would wake up at around like 5:45 because we had to uh, leave by six to get there at 6:30 to the because we were outside of the slum because it's too dangerous for us to stay inside the slum, and so we would go we would be there by six. Um, we'd have uh, have to make lunch for the kids to send them off to school at 6:30. So they they arrived at they went from to school from 6:30 to 4 uh, 3:30. So we didn't have the kids that we that were sponsored and that we did stuff with until. Uh, 4.30 because they came for tutoring then. And so during the day we would um, go to home visits of the kids. We would um, take kids to the doctor, um, the ones that are too young to go to school or ones that the the families don't have enough money to take them to school. We would um, sometimes visit schools to show show our support in the schools so kids know that we're there to support them. Um, Yeah, I think during the day when we had no kids, that was probably what we did the most was home visits and uh, Renee and Gomez would do counseling and then we would just be with the facilitators, which are the workers. We'd be with them at uh, the ministry center. But after after the kids got uh, back to the ministry center from school, we would do tutoring, uh, like after school tutoring, then they had Bible study. They would do, um, sometimes they did things like stand with a girl which were which was like a high they teach girls about hygiene products and things like that uh after after school and they'd come up to the ministry center and have a meeting and things like that but yeah we we really just are there to support support the people in the community and they're growing their faith uh in Jesus so that's pretty much probably my day to day so i have to rewind just to kind of that first part of as you kind of got into what you guys were doing. You said he stayed just outside the slums. You had about 15 minutes to get in there to, to get things rolling there at 6 o'clock, make lunch and do all that. Too dangerous to actually stay in there. So, I mean, what was the cutoff at night when it starts to get dark? It's like, all right, we got to head back. Or how did all that work? 
Yeah. Um, they start, we weren't really allowed to be there after dark to kind of start to worry just because that's when most of the people come out, like the more the people that are probably the drunk, the drunks and the people that are not the safest to be around, I guess you could say. And so we, with us being really the only white people there, we just stand out and they think that white skin needs uh, money. So I guess it's just dangerous for us to get mugged or something like that even even during the day but i was there a past dark one night and i think that my guy that drives me around he was getting a little worried so he made me leave but yeah i think it's not like too dangerous like it's going to happen every time but i think that for the people there that were like watching over us they just felt better when we were out of the slum um after dark and you mentioned the spark of opportunity. I mean, you're, you're not the first white fit folks to step into to the slums or, or work with these folks over in Kenya. Um, but at the same time, how do the locals accept you when you walk in there for the first time and, um, and, and see you for the first? Is it all love for the most part? Is there skepticism? Are you winning people over throughout the, the trip? Um, it's mostly love. Like, I didn't really um, receive any hate or anything like that. Like, they all just they were just all excited to see me because sometimes even it's the kids first time seeing a white person. So I think that for them, they're either super scared of me or they're like really curious and they run up right to you. So I think that for them, it's just kind of, it's a culture shock for them, for them as much as it's a culture shock for me to be there. Whenever you, you get into it too, and and you're getting to know these people, I mean, is it, is it pretty open as far as like you give your testimony and you can talk about it and deliver the gospel and kind of share some of these messages with them? Are folks pretty open to hearing that and, and want to dive into that and hear more about what you have to say? Or is that met with resistance uh, at all too? Um, I think that, I think it's uh, right away. People aren't, you're, they, they aren't going to want to hear it. Like anybody. I think that's, they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. So I think more of it is about listening to them and learning from them. I think I learned from them more than they even learned from me because they're so faithful um, and they do they do great things there for the kids. And obviously I got to share and talk to them, but I think that for me I learned so much more from them and uh, bringing it back here than um, they probably learned from me. You know, to hear some of this and, and think about what you did and to, to see the pictures and all of that, it, it feels like at this point, you know, what, about 18 years old, going into your freshman year of college, kind of wise beyond your years already just to listen to your talk and the life experiences you've had of, of seeing a trip like this. Where does some of that faith come from that when your mom drops you off the airport, you know that, you know, God has me and I'm, I'm going to be okay, or you stay a little bit too late in the slum and you're not overly worried, your, your driver is a little bit, but... To be able to go into these situations and, you know, not be overly stressed out or, or too concerned and just knowing that you can just kind of relax because God's in charge. Where does that come from for you and your background? Um, I think that uh, we had a lot of people praying for me on my, uh, on my before I went on my trip, and I prayed and prayed and prayed and for peace and, like, <clears throat> a good time while I was there so that I could really just experience it and not have to worry about things that might or might not happen. So I think people, so many people praying for me and things like that uh, really solidified the peace and calming feeling that I had when I was over there. 
And as I mentioned, you know, the story for you, I mean, it's kind of making the rounds here through local media. The Maryville Forums had an article already. KQ2, Chris Roush had a nice um, package that he ran a little bit uh, earlier in the week or last week about it too. And to go through and, and see the pictures, I feel like sometimes in our world here in America and in what we have, we kind of want to take pity on a third world country and we look at them like that. And, and obviously there are things we should be doing and things we should be contributing but, I mean, they're obviously humans, too. To see your videos, to see the pictures, they're smiling, laughing, playing. I mean, that had to be awesome to interact with so many people from a different background as yourself and to be able to have the chance to make that impact. Yeah, I think that there's no reason to take pity on them because they're the, they're the happiest people I've ever seen. And so I think that they they love life and they love Jesus just as much as we do here. And although like their the physical aspect of their homes and their lives may be uh, like much less than ours, I think they just cherish what they have, even when it's just so little. Does it change your perspective a bit as you get, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're packing up for your freshman year to move into the dorms and you're kind of looking over everything. But then, as you mentioned, some of the happiest people you've ever seen, and they really don't have a whole lot. Does it just, change your perspective of how you kind of look at things as you head into this year at Northwest? Uh, yeah, when I came back, it was hard for me to spend money because, like, over there, like, $7 can save somebody's life. So I think that it's hard for me to spend money on things that I don't need because it's just, like, that money could be helping somebody else somewhere, like in Kenya. And so I think getting back into doing a thing saying like, okay, like it's okay to like get this or do this, that um, it's like slowly getting like easier and it's okay to do things. But yeah, I'm super excited to uh, go to Northwest. I'm getting packed today, actually. I think I'm going to be doing a lot of packing today. Well, so as you get ready to come to Northwest Missouri State, I mean, walking in, you're a bear cat, you're coming into this culture of it's all about family and it's, it's, a really good community to be in here within Northwest Missouri State University. How does that culture here with women's basketball kind of embody what you want as you move forward, not only of, you know, being a student athlete, but also helping yourself to, to grow your faith as you become full-fledged adult out on your own now? Yeah, they really do embody the family feeling. Um, when we're there, everybody is just like a, a big whole family. We all, we all are just together all the time and, I think that it's really going to help because when they when you just it's, when they accept you right away and you just get to go and work with the people that you like, uh, people that you love, it's just so much easier to want to win and want to do uh, like hard workouts together or things like that. So with preseason coming up, I think when we work together as a family, uh, it'll be easier to get through that. I mean, how quick did you fall in love with Northwest, or, or did you kind of know that this was the next step for you, was to come to Maryville? Um, um, I, the, I think it was the third day I was in Cameron after I moved from Indiana. My coaches took me up there for a basketball camp, and I really did like it, but I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe they're trying to make me feel like I have to go, like force me to go there. But uh, after my one-on-one visit, like I fell in love, and I was like, yeah, this is exactly where I want to be. So I think – that was like the turning point for me, knowing that I wanted to go to Maryville. Did that relationship with Coach Meyer and the staff start on your first trip up here with, with your team in that camp you went to, or did you not meet him until the AAU circuit or, or even beyond? No, yeah, so um, 
I started texting actually Coach Houston. Like he texted me the, like after the camp. So that's when we started uh, like forming the relationship. And they watched me throughout AAU and things like that. But really, it's, I had talked to them for about a year before I even went on my one-on-one visit. So. Well, now you're coming in, too, and you kind of look at the returners with this current group, and, and there's a lot of talent there. But then, obviously, this is a big freshman class with, with uh, so much talent and size and, and a lot of potential here. Do you step in and feel like you need to put more on your shoulders? Is it easy to kind of come in and say, you know what, I'm a true freshman. I'm learning the ropes. We've got a good group of folks that have been here, upperclassmen, that you can kind of just kind of find your place and gel. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to learn from the upper uh, upper class, and they're really really good. We've we've already gotten to scrimmage with each other and play in a league in Olathe, so I'm super excited to learn from them because they they have a lot of knowledge like in the game of basketball. So I think that's my um, most thing I'm excited about is to learn from them and hopefully get better and better every day. And of course, we want to highlight basketball because we love basketball and it's, it's so much fun. But at the same time a student-athlete here at Northwest Missouri State. Have you decided on what you want to major in or maybe even a career path? Um, I don't know my major yet. I think I'm undecided, but I think something with business or something similar to that because I talked to Renee because uh, being a missionary and doing that is probably my dream and what I do want to do for my career after college. So I think that... Going, she said the business side of things would be the best because you have to do the administrative side of, the, of a nonprofit as well as uh, the ministry side. So that'd probably be my number one thing that I'm thinking about doing, I guess. Well, you picked a great school for that, too, because a tremendous business program here at Northwest Missouri State. And you'll get to know all those great professors over there in Colton Hall uh, as you go throughout your career. But that kind of leads me into my last question I had for you, too, was do you have any more trips to Kenya or elsewhere, kind of penciled in, or maybe down the road you're kind of thinking already where you want to go, what you want to be doing? Um, I think that probably next summer if I'm able to go and, like, we don't have anything uh, too mandatory at Northwest, obviously, that's going to come first. But I think next summer if I get the chance, I would love to go for maybe a little bit longer of a time. Well, that'll be awesome, and it'll be – Great to have that opportunity coming back around possibly next summer, but also looking forward to having you here on campus and uh, um, suiting up for the Bearcats once again early November, your first collegiate basketball game. So uh, looking forward to that. And and also, again, congrats on everything that you accomplished uh, throughout this summer, those experiences you're going to have the chance to build on. So really looking forward to, uh, to getting to know you better and also seeing you have more of those opportunities there in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks again to Lainey Joseph joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Excited to see what she does with her Northwest basketball career, but also so much beyond the court as well. In case you missed it, over the last few weeks, our guests have included Reagan Dodd, a former Northwest tennis player, Matt Cannell, the new head athletic trainer here on campus for the Bearcats. It was MIAA Football Media Day. We had Deputy AD Troy Caton and so much more. So check out those archived episodes of the podcast. Northwest Missouri State Professor Alex Kurt produced our intro and outro music. Thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next week.